0: Hunger is not something you nor I were born understanding. It is a connection that was made in our minds as a result of experiences of compassionate caregiving, feeding, and being fed by someone else. How can this perspective help us to better understand the difficulties that we face as foster and adoptive parents and what we can do about it? We're going to talk about that and more on this episode of The Hunger for Connection. My name is Chef Kibbe. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get started. you found The Hunger for Connection, a show that seeks to combine the latest in neuroscience research with our shared experience of food and cooking to create a practical, approachable way for a foster adoptive parent like yourself to connect with the disconnected child in your life you'll begin to see the challenges you face in your parenting, not as a problem to be fixed, but as a hunger to be fed. I'm Chef Kibby, public speaker and biological foster and adoptive dad, and I'm here to help you feed the hunger for connection. Imagine, if you will, a newborn baby. Now this baby has eyes, but she doesn't know what she's seeing. She has ears, but she doesn't know what she is hearing. She has all of these sensory receptors, both inside and outside of her body, that are all active and taking in information for the first time. But she doesn't understand any of it. There are some aspects of our brain where there is hardwiring that we are that we are born with that allows our body to to live and to survive at all but so much of what we of what we know and believe throughout our life is a result of this soft wiring what neuroscientists call neuroplasticity the ability of our brains to create neurological pathways that are the result of of experience of learning and i want to tell you that hunger is one of those neurological pathways, or should I say, a a set of neurological pathways that have to be created through experience, specifically being fed. So imagine this newborn baby is experiencing disconnect for the first time. And as we know, disconnect creates discomfort. And one of the discomforts that this child is experiencing is the experience of hunger, Although, she doesn't know it yet. She knows the discomfort, but not having the experience to contextualize it, all that she knows is the pain. And that pain is a real pain that's felt inside the body, this sense of discomfort that our nervous system picks up on. And in order to, to create or to maintain or establish some sense of peace within her body— Wants to find a way of removing that discomfort. But again, without the experiential knowledge to know what the hunger is, she can't do anything about it other than feel overwhelmed. And so the baby cries. Now, how, now during this process, The baby's other senses, sight and smell and and touch, all of those things are still active and working to try and come up with a solution, but not finding any comfort. In In order for this baby to have this discomfort removed, she is completely and totally reliant on a compassionate caregiver, someone outside of her to recognize the signals that her body is then presenting to them, and to do something about it. So we, as compassionate caregivers, need to recognize that if we see our baby, a newborn baby that is crying, to recognize that there is an unmet need within her body that she doesn't fully understand— that we have to take it upon ourselves to try and understand what this need is and to meet it so that we can be the ones that are regulating her autonomic nervous system. That we are the ones providing comfort in the way that we are interacting and reacting to her, the, the stimulus that she is giving us, for lack of better terms, and well, feed her. You know, we don't have to make this any more complicated than it has to be. Um, the baby is hungry, and so we feed her. And that seems like something. It seems like something really basic, but I think too often we overlook just how powerful that is, how how potent that is, and and the the depth of impact that feeding has during the developmental stages of of a child when you realize that it's more than just the sensory receptors inside the body that are experiencing the hunger and that when they're fed by by you or me as their caregiver that it's more than just simply the discomfort going away that's not the only part of their nervous system that is responding to this situation that while we are taking note of this child's discomfort and doing something about it, that the rest of their sensory receptors are also at work. That when you respond and feed this newborn infant, they are also noticing everything else that's happening around them. The nervous system is still working and not just the stomach, but their eyes are seeing and taking note of things. They are hearing sounds and taking note. Their body, their hands are feeling the, the textures of things around them. Um, they are. There's obviously the, the taste and the flavor senses within the olfactory senses and on the tongue and the taste buds. All of these things are are still active during this process of going from feeling discomfort— of being hungry and not knowing it, to being comforted, being satiated, being satisfied, being full, being fed, although not understanding that either. But it is within this repeated process of having the needs met by a caregiver on a consistent basis that pathways, neurological pathways, begin to be created within the mind of the infant to begin to understand what it is this feeling that she is having inside of her body what it means and when we understand what it means then we begin to understand what it is that our body needs this is how we i believe and i think modern day neuroscience and neurogastronomy uh, shows that this is the case that through feeding and being fed we begin to develop this idea of what it means to be hungry. And as we go on through further stages of our development, we develop a deeper understanding of what hunger is, as well as many other things in our life, and those begin to coalesce and create within us newer abilities to find ourselves to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure Uh, more on our own, not necessarily independently, but without the immediate response of someone else. And that's, in a nutshell, I guess what we could call child development, maturity, learning, um, personal growth and development. That's that's really what all of this is. But the point that I want to make In this particular episode, there's a lot more that I could go into and I will go into in other episodes of the program because there's so many kind of nuances to this that I want to dive into. The thing I want to point out, at least for right now, the the bit that I want you to to chew on, (laughs) so to speak, is that these connections that our children make— are as a result of, of our input, of our interactions with them, helping them to create this soft wiring within their brain to be able to contextualize the feelings that they are experiencing. You see, we're not the ones creating the experience in their bodies. Their bodies are creating those experiences. However, without us coming in and Seeing and responding to with compassion and understanding and maturity, coming in and feeding them and allowing their needs to be met, that is how we help to contextualize the feelings that they're having inside of themselves so that they can then grow in their connection with themselves, with their environment, with the people in your life, including yourself— And Ultimately, with this sense of security of what the future is going to hold for them, that's those four S's that we keep talking about, being seen, soothed, safe, and secure within those four realms of relationship, within ourselves, with our environment, with other people, and with our future hope. Our children need us to be able to help them contextualize the discomfort that they are facing in their bodies. This is not something I fully realized about children from hard places for a very long time. It's easy to see an infant and to be able to recognize, in my mind, to see a baby infant and to recognize this is someone who cannot regulate themselves. This is someone who cannot and does not and will not understand the discomfort that they're feeling in their body unless I do something about it. But I'm here to tell you that that is very much the case for the child that God has placed into your home. That although they may be 2 or 3 or 5 or 10 or 15, there is a level of connection that is lacking in their mind in their autonomic nervous system there's a sense of disconnect and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that they're childish i'm not saying that they're immature i'm saying that they're disconnected disconnected from their family of origin disconnected from all those people places and things with which they are familiar whether they were comforting to them or not they were at the very least familiar And allowed them to contextualize their feelings. When they were removed from their family of origin, for whatever reason it happened, and however long ago it happened, there is an actual real disconnect that has happened within their brains. And within the wiring that would allow them to, to feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure. And to have those developmental relationships that allow them to contextualize their discomfort, when those are removed, it puts a child in in the vast majority of cases, in the majority of the cases that I have seen as a foster and adoptive parent, and of those with whom I have been in contact, uh, either through consulting or meeting at conferences or or being in small groups with, with other families and parents. Children who have been placed into care oftentimes don't have that same ability to contextualize the discomfort that they are experiencing, and that creates a disconnect between them and you. Because one of the relationships they can't fully contextualize is their relationship with you. And there's other things as well. It affects their relationship with food. And we could have a whole other episode about food issues with relation to uh, children in care. And chances are we'll probably have one of those in the very near future. But all that to say, if you are having difficulty connecting with a disconnected child, it is not necessarily because you are doing something wrong. It is not necessarily the case that You don't have what it takes. I know there are times when you may feel that way because I have felt that way. There have been days, there have been weeks, there have been months when I felt that way. I want to encourage you to to not take it personally, but in those times of hardship to try and challenge yourself. To understand the difficulty that your child is having, that the child that is placed in your home is having, with bringing context to their own discomfort. That is the context that I want you to have for the discomfort that these difficulties are having in your mind and your heart. Because that discomfort, too, is very real. I know it because I felt it and I still feel it. But we have the power to contextualize our own discomfort, understanding the hunger for connection that lives in the hearts and minds of the child that has been placed with us. And so the challenge to you is to recognize that although your child may not look like an infant, there are parts of this child that haven't reached the level of maturity that you would expect or anticipate or a child of that age and again it doesn't mean that we have to label them as being immature or having developmental disabilities or or shortcomings or, or deficiencies it just means they're hungry and they don't know it and they don't know how to feed it and the sooner you can begin to draw that contextualization for yourself the more able you will be to see your child as being hungry and then understand that it is your duty responsibility opportunity to create experiences for this child that will help them to see themselves differently to understand their situation differently through being fed repeatedly and having other needs met. But it's hard for us to meet those needs when we fail to see the true needs behind the the attitudes and behaviors that don't seem to make much sense to us. When you find yourself in a situation with this child when... Their attitudes or behaviors don't seem to match up with what is being experienced in the moment, in the circumstances. Remind yourself, this child is hungry and they don't understand it. And take that opportunity to try and help them understanding it. Help them to understand it by helping to meet that need in them. It's going to take practice, it's going to take attunement, and it's going to take putting in a lot of reps, just as it is with a newborn. This is a newborn relationship, and um, I want to be here for you as you're going through this journey and to continue to give you insights and perspectives that are going to empower you to be able to show up for this child the way I believe God has intended for you to show up. Based in what we are learning about the body, the brain, and how we relate to food. If this episode has brought up any questions in your mind, or if you've brought home something that is really making sense to you, I would love to know. I would love for you to reach out to me and and let me know what is resonating with you and how I can continue to be an encouragement to you in your foster and adoptive parenting journey. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, I'll see you in the kitchen.